Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. Welcome everybody to the Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. We are back with our AEW All In Review Show. I have just about recovered from uh, being at Wembley Stadium all day. I'm your host, Andy Burrows. And as you can see, and as I always say, and here, if you're listening in audio version, I'm joined by my my co-host and he's back. He's back. He's not in hospital anymore, everyone. He's getting healthy. He's with us on the podcast. Mr. Adam Cousins, great to see you, my friend. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Meds are on. I just have to say thank you to the wrestlers yesterday that sent their well wishes. They got a video call from Robbie X, who's one of the top talents in England, and uh, some good well wishes sent from some of our uh, wrestlers that we uh, see on a regular basis. So thanks to that, and thanks to you, Dave and Fiona, for looking after Rachel for me yesterday during the uh, festivities that you guys went on. Hey, she's my wrestling wife for a reason. If I can't look after the wrestling wife, who can I look after? Uh, We are also joined from across the pond, uh, someone who took in all of AEW from London yesterday, stateside. It's our American American host for the AEW guru. It's only Parker Hamlet. Parker, how are you, sir? Man, what an addition of the HETB podcast we got today, guys. I mean, you guys were, you specifically, Andy, boots on the ground. Like you said, Adam in full recovery here. Nothing but good vibes, good news, and overall just a phenomenal show. A a WrestleMania caliber show, like something we kind of talked about before we went on, and just a lot to talk about. Uh, I guess Dave is still, you know, sleeping with his heralded Eddie (laughs) Kingston shirt, and, uh, you know, maybe he joins us, maybe he doesn't, but boots on the ground, Andy. Just let's come out the gate. How was AEW all in? I mean, I I just want to know from a stateside point of view, I know when they went live with the broadcast, it was absolutely insane. But I, I know myself and the listeners definitely want to hear about how it was as an experience overall. Obviously, they announced that, you know, next year they're coming back. So this is looking like a yearly thing mm-hmm. for AEW. So how was the inaugural all-in? I just got to know from your point of view, you know, from the, you know, West Side point of view. Uh, bro, to be in the stadium, I was Adam very kindly uh, gave me his ticket and I took my wrestling wife, Rachel, Adam's other half. Uh, I was sitting next to her. We were about eight rows from the front. I think something like that, eight or nine rows from the front. Uh, I've spoke all over the years to Adam about what it's like to be at WrestleMania. Uh, I pretty much got the, as close as I'm going to get to my dream of being at WrestleMania yesterday for the stadium experience. Uh, there are a lot of things outside that we can get into after. But Parker, in answer to your question, the stadium experience, the feel, the crowd. We all know what UK crowds are like at the best of times. We've all seen Money in the Bank. We've seen big shows over here from WWE. But this AEW crowd yesterday, AEW All in Wembley Stadium, was uh, nothing like I've experienced before. I've been very fortunate to go to Wembley Stadium for for you, Parker, soccer matches. Um, I was also there at SummerSlam 1992, but bear in mind I was only 12 years old then, so you can't really compare to now and then. But it was absolutely incredible just to be there that close, to hear the chance to be involved. I've got so many vi- – I sent you some videos, Parker, of, of when I was there. Uh, I got close to your boy CM Punk's intro. To see some of my favourite wrestlers, to be that close, 81,000 people in a stadium and they still could have got more in there, in my opinion, down on the floor seats. You could have easily put more chairs down there. 
But bro, the entire experience inside the stadium was like, you're going to have to go some for me to experience something better than that. Uh, maybe if I did yeah, attend you the WrestleMania history. Stadium, I, yeah, I can say that I've done SummerSlam 92 and now I've done AEW All In. So I've been at the two biggest wrestling events. Well, now I've been at the biggest wrestling paid attending event in the history of the great sport of professional wrestling that we love. So brother, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of AEW all in uh, at Wembley stadium. It was, it was, it was incredible, mate. I honestly, and I can say from, from stateside, I genuinely appreciated that video because it kind of made me feel like I was there, you know, (laughs) obviously I'm a punk mark and all that, but just, you know, as from a professional wrestling fan standpoint, man, I mean, just an absolutely historic accomplishment by AEW and, you know, honestly, just something to to relish in and behold. And like you said, it wasn't perfect. You know, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, we're going to get into, but just what a plethora of moments. I mean, some bad for sure. We're definitely going to get into what Mr. Brooks did before he he uh, <laughs> called personality hit on the Titatron. But outside of that, man, I just got to say th- thanks for, you know, kind of giving me a little piece of history. David, if he joins us, had a phenomenal story. And, man, just, just a lot of stuff to cover and a lot of stuff to talk about. And I'm really excited about it. But just w- what an awesome time to be a fan. Yeah, it's a great time to be a fan. Uh, let's get rid of the elephant in the room before we review what was a great show. Uh, Adam, you sent me uh, some uh, text messages during the event. So obviously, me and Rachel were inside and Dave were inside this. So we couldn't get a lot of what was going on backstage. Uh, Parker's boy, uh, CM Punk. Uh, I don't know what it is with this guy, but he kicked off again backstage adam just fill us in from what you heard as the event was going on yesterday yeah so uh basically um there was a, a pre-show so zero hour was on uh prior to all in um and part of one of those matches was uh, jack perry against uh, hook for the uh, ftw championship uh, hook won that title back but uh during that match that it was it was announced obviously it was no disqualification or false count anywhere or whatever and they was on a car and during a spot on there, Jack Perry said, it's a uh, real glass, cry me a river, uh, in reference to a comment that he wanted a gla- real glass on Collision uh, show a couple of weeks ago or a month or so ago. And, and CM Punk said, no, we don't want the real glass. It's a stupid thing to do. It can cause injury, so we don't want it. Um, following that, and as soon as Jack Perry went out the back, they had an altercation with Mr. Punk. Now, there's so many Now there's so many sides to the story. There's so much thing will happen. But the long and gist of it is punk beat his ass. That's that's basically what happened. Whatever <laughs> side you believe. Choked him out, I heard, yeah. Choked him out was the... Uh... Well, there was a choke out, which Miro said didn't happen. There was a bit where punk had punched him and put him in a headlock and all of this sort of stuff. Jack ends up getting removed from Wembley there. And this is literally just before, because obviously punk mm-hmm. kicks off all in with Samoa Joe. So they, you've got the production team apparently scrambling around at the back in case Punk can't make it out straight away for his entrance. Long story short, that's what happened. Tony Khan has actually shot that straight, well, shot it straight in on his uh, all in pre the media scrum straight after he said there was an incident. It happened. We're investigating it. So he done the right thing there because he took away the elephant in the room straight away. He said, look, I'm not going to talk about it. It's Learned from his game. mistakes, I like that. Yeah. yeah, but long story short, something happened between him and Jack, uh, Punk and Jack Perry. Jack Perry got beaten up and, and he got know. kicked out and then Punk left about an hour later after his match. After his match, yeah. Um, <laughs> ads, your meds might be either really good or your ring light's chopping off half your head. 
Just wanted to say uh, that, but yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't sure what wasn't sure what medication they've given you in that hospital. Yeah, I, I can only see you with. I saw you with one ear for a minute. I was thinking, what have yeah, they given him in that hospital? Uh, but why Adam sorts out his ring light, and I'm just I'm praying his meds haven't chopped off one of his ears. Parker, what did you um, what did you make of your boy CM Punk, Parker? I mean, look, I you know I I was really looking forward to CM Punk, and I enjoyed what he'd done. But what did you make of the uh, backstage commotion again? It always seems to involve. One guy, well, it takes more than one, two to tango, I guess. But what did you make of the news coming out of Wembley Stadium yesterday involving your boy CM Punk? First of all, I I have to join you in saying that I thought it was really good that Tony came out in in the post-scrum and pretty much addressed the elephant in the room. That is him learning from his mistakes. It's a little bit of a microcosm, but whatever, progress is progress. With that being said, big picture, I'm really glad that it did not take away from the event as a whole. And that's what I was really worried about at the end of the day was like, man, you've got all these hardworking men and women who this is their, their their huge moment and it's being taken away because Jack Perry, of all people, does this just absolutely immature, amateur, zero hour bullshit, just to be frank. I mean, first of all, this is a guy who I would hardly watch even if he was on NXT. He can't talk. He's butt buddies with the Bucks. Let's just go ahead and get get that out there now, too. Uh, I'm not surprised him and Phil Brooks don't get along. And I'm also not surprised that all of these reports of backstage animosity, all of it traces back to Nick and Matt Jackson. So clearly there's not been a lot of progress in that regard. We saw the reports of Jack Perry a couple weeks ago talking about he wanted to use real glass on collision. Punk said no. It should have been no surprise to anyone that this was shot down by AW management. We saw the rules. Uh, they were changing a lot of stuff with the hardcore stuff in AEW, and uh, that apparently was a part of it. And with that being said, Jack Perry obviously didn't handle it very well. But, I mean, to me, just, like, the gall of this. Like, you're already on the pre-show. Your 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 character transition is already going about as smooth as, you know, hell all. I mean, just awful. And then you go out there and basically talk shit to, to a co-worker on the pre-show, and... Then you confront him now, like you guys said, this is not a, you know, set in stone report. Miro kind of chimed in on this. He's also not a huge fan of Punky Rooster himself. But with that being said, you know, with, with the reports being that Jack Perry confronted CM Punk, basically got in his face, shoulder checked him, and then Punk apparently pushed him off. And then apparently Perry kept up with his advances. And then Punk reportedly put him in a chokehold. First of all, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't think Jack Perry is going to be on on television in five years. I just don't think the guy can cut it. I don't think he's a good promo. I, I mean, I think he's a pretty solid worker. But I think Tony Khan, this is a guy that he's put way too much faith in. And unlike guys like MGF, I just don't think he's ever really going to truly live up to that potential. And to me, if I was a young and up-and-coming star, this is the last thing I would have done was pick a fight with CM Punk, mainly because of the sway that he does have backstage. You know, when people were talking about Oh, well, Perry got sent home before Punk, blah, blah, blah. They're just letting Punk get away with murder. Apparently, Jack Perry had a planned vacation, and, you know, he he was already reportedly going to be leaving Wembley pretty soon anyway. But I think this is a really bad look for all parties involved, but I don't think what should get lost in all of this is who instigated the incident. But, you know, continuous bad PR. But, I mean, I, to me, Jack Perry's an absolute clown, and this did not help my perception of him whatsoever. Yeah, I mean... 
why the fuck you'd want to use real glass on any event is beyond me anyway. So is it, for me, yeah, it's dude, a you're stupid... like a buck 20. Yeah, exactly. Fuck? I mean, fucking, you know, we all know wrestling's meant to be entertainment. We don't, you know, what, what are you proving by using real glass? Dude, like, and what? dude, you're not a badass. You're not edgy. You can wear leather pants and go out there to, to violins. I just, do you guys buy this character? Because to me, it just feels so cringy and so forced. And this was hardly good enough for the pre-show, in my opinion. No, I mean, he got booed out of the fucking eight. He had eight, he had 1,000 people booing the living shit out of him during the uh, the pre-show match. Obviously, he lost his title to Hook. Hook got a fairly good reception. I'll give him that. It was a solid start to the show. Um, Hook obviously retaining. But yeah, and then obviously it filtered through to everyone that what had happened backstage. And everyone was like, oh, God, here we go again. But kudos to Tony Khan, man. He nipped it in the bud. Let him deal with it backstage. Whatever happens, I think he's. we all know that you know Punk's here to stay now. Uh, well, at least for the foreseeable, anyway. For the, you know, for, I can see him seeing out of his contract. I, I'm hoping this gets sorted. But the thing that bothers me is that you can't. This can't go on forever. This whole young bucks and the elite and punk. You know, obviously they're going to no. see. You're going to have big events like this where they're going to be in the same building. They're going to be in the group. Someone I listened to Dave Simon over on Wrestling Uncensored on my way home yesterday. I had him on in the car, and he was talking. Tony Khan took some serious balls to. If you look the way he scheduled the matches. He had obviously Hook and Perry. Then it, 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 that all kicked off. That then I was thinking the Punk, same thing. Punk's obviously in Gorilla, waiting to go out for his match. While Perry's coming back through, and why Punk's in out on his match? The Young Bucks are in Gorilla, waiting for their match to start. So they were talking about Tony Khan having some serious balls because these paths. Are, the thing is, these paths are going to have to cross sometimes. It's going to have to come to a stage. I, I don't know if you remember back in the day when Austin took his ball and went home and they had to literally force Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin to sit in a room together and say, look, can we either sort this shit out or this fucking, this ends now? There's going to come a time where Tony Khan's going to have to go, do you know what? I can't run my company like this. You you guys are going to have to either get on or fucking get over it. Because it's a distraction. Fucking, yeah, it's a distraction. It's a dist Every I event. thought you the Bucks didn't even look as good week. as they normally do last night. Yeah, and Chicago coming up this weekend now, as we sit here on Monday recording this, Tony Khan's just going to have to get these guys in a room and say, look, for the for the sake of business and for the sake of this company, I don't. we don't all like people we work with all the time. I work with some fucking people over the years that I haven't liked, but you get on with them, you tolerate them. What you do is you do MJF, what he yeah. said in the post-scrum. Thank you, yeah, you do your job, and you go home. You don't have to be best buddies and go out drinking till two, three in the morning. You don't have to hang out and go for dinners. All you have to do is when you're at work is be civil. Hello, goodbye, please, thank you. You know what I mean? If you some by some fluke, you do end up working a spot with these guys or anyone, you do business. And for me, it, it's childish games that are happening in behind the scenes in AEW that don't, don't need to happen because I saw AEW for very, very good yesterday. They changed my mind slightly and everyone knows, and Parker, you know this, I'm the biggest WWE guy ever. But for all the good that AEW are doing inside the ring and for the amazing event that they put on yesterday, they don't need this shit backstage. So I, for one, I'm glad Tony Khan nipped it in the bud, but I just hope it gets sorted moving forward. And it says a lot. It, it says a lot about Jack Perry, too, in my opinion. Like, you even making that decision on this night that is supposed to be a crowning moment for your promotion, and you really think that this is a good idea, really? Like, just, what, what do you think, Adam? Yeah, I, I just don't like having to. We're, we're we're kind of distancing ourselves from what was such a great show, mm -hmm. having to talk about this. That um, it's childish. I mean, Jack Perry had no need to say what he said, and he knew exactly what he was doing by saying it. And he knows that CM Punk is probably warming up in Gorilla. 
So he knows he's probably watching the match and can listen to it. For me, it's just a, an unwelcome distraction to what was a fantastic show. And and, and as we all said here, kudos to Tony Khan for nipping it right. Yeah, big time. Harry, You're Harry, right. It Harry is distancing us from talking about a great show. Cash, basically. That's all it happened. Pretty much. He, he, yeah, he couldn't cash. Uh, just quickly, the other, probably elephant in the room is probably the wrong word. Uh, if it was going to be a surprise, they put her on the Jumbotron twice during the pre-show. More, yeah. I mean, we saw it in the stadium twice. I don't know how it come across on TV. Uh, certain Mercedes, uh, Sasha Banks, all you WWE guys and girls out there, was at Wembley Stadium yesterday. She was tweeting all day long. There was pictures of her in front of the London Eye. Uh, Adam, is it just a matter of time before she's all elite? Or was it just a case of AEW? I mean, Tony Khan come out in the scrum and said, look, hey, she was. I invited her to the show. I just wanted to see what it was about. He played. He towed the party line. I was thinking, well, if you are going to news this as a surprise... You've kind of fucked that up now, but I it was good. The, the crowd popped for a harder. We'll admit everyone in the everyone in the stadium popped quite hard. But what did you make of it seeing it on TV ads? If they wouldn't have put her on TV mm. if there wasn't yeah. something that was or either already agreed or very close or at least short term. Because mm. she was on more than what they showcased the women's match. Yeah. She was I mean, from what I saw, I was watching it on fire personally, and, and she was on the, the TV so much. Listen. If she has gone all elite, that is one huge get for AEW. That is a massive acquisition. And I think people may not may turn a blind eye to it, but you cannot sleep on them signing Mercedes Manone. What a signing for AEW that will be. Even if it's short term, just to give that division a bit of spice, that is an incredible bit of work from Tony Khan if that's that, if that is the case. Yeah, Parker, what did you uh, make of seeing her on your TV screens yesterday? Obviously, everyone knows her from her days in WWE. She's gone out to New Japan. She's had a few injuries, but looks like she's wanting to get back involved in the, in the wrestling business. Do you see her being a, a short-term acquisition for AEW? Well, hey, you know, she, Mercedes is all about the Monet, and uh, oh, business has been booming ever since she's left WWE, actually. I mean, she's put on just absolutely masterful performances in stardom, New Japan, uh, you know, it wasn't really the plan for her to even lose the Willow Nightingale, her title, but she ended up getting injured. And, you know, I what a lot of people don't know is, is that before this injury, she was going to wrestle at Forbidden Door. I have nothing that proves that, but that was pretty much the consensus, right? And, you know, her, she obviously has a lot of star power. You mentioned her time in WWE, her being Snoop Dogg's cousin. I think you completely detract that. I think she's a top. 10 in-ring worker in the world and i and i i've always been extremely high on sasha banks i think she's extremely charismatic she can play both roles really well and it was just awesome to see her on the jumbotron it was awesome to see her get a spotlight in a showcase and like adam said unless something was pretty much agreed to in principle i don't think she would have gotten that rub and i think that you know obviously she's just rehabbing from an injury and buying her time she's being a smart businesswoman right i mean you know, keeping her options open, still working with Stardom, New Japan, and not giving a Tony a definitive yes, but definitely after yesterday, not giving him a definitive no. So on a night where you see the woman that she pretty much accidentally retired in Soraya winning the AEW women's title, and then seeing her in the stands, I, I just thought that was a nice, cool, full circle moment. And I think that's probably something that they're going to revisit in AEW. So I think actually from a bigger picture, Mercedes Monet might be one of the biggest, if not the biggest signing in AEW to date once it does happen, when you see what she will add to this women's division, especially from mainstream, you know, point of view. Yeah, no, I agree. It'd be 
it'll, and it'll do it. It'll do the job that the, the, uh, Tony kind of wanted to do. More eyes on the product. The big thing for me is now AEW need to capitalize just quickly before we get into the matches. Just capitalize on yesterday. That's all I'm asking as a wrestling fan. But I I've met countless people there yesterday. Were like, oh, I've never really watched AEW, or we spoke to a couple who said, oh. You know, my my child wanted to come. I'm a big WWE fan, or but you know, you know so they done what they needed to do. They they got the hardcore fans that were there, and then they got the casual fans now interested in the product. Now the big job is to keep the casual fans watching on a Wednesday and a Friday and a Saturday. I mean, I've heard this morning about the collision news going head to head with SmackDown, so that's going to be that's going to be very interesting. So when that uh, when that happens in November, I think they said they announced that this morning. Tony Khan was talking about collision going up against SmackDown, uh, which is going to be very interesting, igniting some sort of uh, some sort of war there, as he as he called it. But let's get into the uh, let's get into some matches, boys. Obviously, we had the uh, Aussie Open versus MJF and Adam Cole. Uh, Kicking off uh, the uh, the pre-show, the zero hour. Parker, what did you make of the uh, of the uh, the zero hour match with Adam Cole, MJF, uh, now the new Ring of Honor World Champions? I'll keep it short, quick, and concise since we have a lot to cover here with all these matches. Uh, well, personally, I initially I felt underwhelmed mainly because I thought there was going to be a lot more story beats in this match, but I thought it was fun. I'm sure it was fun live, you know, teasing the kangaroo kick, the double clotheslines, all that stuff. It was awesome to see Aussie open, you know, get that big moment in Wembley. They definitely deserve it. And with all that being said, I thought that seeing, I don't know who in our chat said it, but this was a huge indictment on what was going to later go down in the main event due to the fact of, all right, well, these guys are ring of honor world tag team champions. So the story is definitely not over. So how do you escape the main event with any type of cohesiveness? We'll obviously get to that. But I thought this was a fun match for Zero Hour. I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, Adam, it, the best thing I liked about yesterday as well, I could keep getting messages from Adam because he was watching it on TV. So it was good to get a TV perspective of it as well, how it was coming across. Uh, Ads, how did it come across MJF and Adam Cole becoming a Ring of Honor Tag Team Championes? I tell you what, what it does say was you had 81,000 people in there just for the zero hour show and they made some hell of no noise from the opening, the opening of that match. Every match, even if it didn't feel big, had a massive big fight feel for that because of that crowd. Justin Roberts even got an enormous pop. <laughs> yeah. That crowd. Oh, there was a up. Justin Roberts chant going on as he come, as you walked down the ramp, there was a Justin Roberts chant. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, what uh, adds the right, the, the right team one for you? A storyline purposes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, the match was really fun. I loved Oz. I can watch Aussie Open all day. I can watch a lot of MJF and Adam Cole all day. So the match done exactly what it says to do. And as we always say, Andy, start the show hot. <clears throat> it's our saying, mate. It's our saying. <laughs> if you start a show hot, whether it be Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, anything, you've got me already here. It had me hooked. And AEW definitely had 81,000 people literally sitting or standing up yesterday in, in Wembley Stadium. Um so, yeah, it was a good, really, really good start to the show. Jesus, the crowd were absolutely on fire. I mean, literally as well, by the way, the pyro there. Fucking hell, ads. I remember you telling me a story about the cane pyro. The fire yesterday, I thought me and Rachel would have to duck for cover at one point. That was fucking hot. You got some of the pyro. Rachel's taking uh, yeah, we could, Yeah, Rachel's taking a bit of the tea. <laughs> Rachel took some home. For, she's like, this is oh, this is, oh, brilliant. He's been in hospital for two weeks. Here's some pyro. It was uh, very nice of her. You've got a lovely girl from there, Ads. Um, let's move on to the next match. Adam, I'll let you kick this one off, brother. Uh, Parker's boy, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. Uh, I sent Parker the video uh, of his. He was, when we done our prediction show, Parker was interested what the split was like going to be for Punk and the reception. I'm going to, I was there. I'm going to say, 
70% of that audience booed him. We had a few hardcore in front. We had, actually, when you speak to Rachel later, Adam, ask her about the guy in the Indianapolis Colts hat sitting two rows in front of us. What an absolute twat he was. Uh, he was cheering for CM Punk. But as did it surprise you the amount of boos that CM Punk did get? And what did you think to the caliber of the match? Because uh, at the end of this episode, we're going to have some fan views. They've sent us some audio uh, messages. They were there at Wembley Stadium yesterday. To say this match split opinion is going to be an understatement. But Adam, before we get to Parker, because we know he's a, he's a CM Punk guy, so it's going to be interesting to get his views. Adam, what did you make of CM Punk match against Samoa Joe? And what did you make of him retaining the championship? First thing, it's not really a championship, is it? No, let's be honest. The, the real world championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of people that didn't. A lot of, you could tell the non-AEW fans in the building. They were like, what? This guy's the champ. He's not. Yeah, I had to explain. What did you make of it, mate? Um, for starters, when the first part of his music hit, there was a monster pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I popped That come through the telly. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, come through the telly, come through my uh, laptop in this case. Uh, and then the big booze. Am I surprised? No, not really. Uh, but it plays into his character really well. because he, he was, played up to it well. To be he great. played up to it. And he, he's a great guy at doing that. Match itself, look, it was an old school match. I mean, and I think that I said this on the, the, the um, prediction show. This isn't going to be Punk and Joe from 20 years ago. Ring of Honor. Uh, Ring of Honor. It was never going to be that way. It was, I think, it was a great opener. It was an old school style match. They'd done a bit of comedy with the Cena and the Hogan bits in there. That spot when Samoa Joe done that thing through the table, when he sort of whipped him in and smashed through him through, yeah, the, bottom, through the bottom of it. Unbelievable. Um, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a really good old school wrestling match to kick off a pay-per-view. <clears throat> Surprised to see Punk bleed? Bleed? No. Yeah. I think that was good. We kind yeah. of had to after that. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I thought it was great. Good, good. Yeah, man. no. Parker, what did you make of it? Dude, uh, obviously, you're probably the biggest CM Punk fan I've ever met in my entire fucking life. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I enjoyed it. For me, personally, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it come it, it come across well in the stadium, but some of the reviews and some of the people I've spoke to this morning, which you guys, if you stay tuned to the end of this episode, like I said, the fan views are all coming up. We've got about eight or nine people that have sent us some stuff in. But Parker, what did you make of your boy CM Punk retaining uh, the the kind of world championship? Kind of world championship. <laughs> Touche. You know, some people are just iconic. And, you know, you saw Sting. We got a little bit of a throwback to one of his characters. And, you know, it doesn't surprise me to hear that when the first part of that music hits. I mean, like I said, it's iconic at this point. You know, cult personality. UK fans knew they were getting a treat. They knew they were getting two grizzled veterans going out there and absolutely beating the shit out of each other. Punk paying homage with some of the Ring of Honor gear. Of course, he just whipped Jungle Boy's ass and walked right through there and and gave us a nice little classic to kick off the show. And I got to say, it was everything I thought it was going to be. And obviously, and honestly, and then some, you know, because I, I think it was what, about a 20, 20 ish minute, minute match. Yeah, I, I was surprised by the suddenness of the finish with the Pepsi plunge off the top. But, you know, I, we haven't seen Punk pull that out since his match with MJF in Chicago. You know, obviously, I'm a Punk Mark, so I love it every time he hits it. But I, re- I like you guys already mentioned, I really like the uh, table spot and color to the match. I thought was a really nice touch. It felt like every chop from Joe really mattered. And I love the her Karana spot with the walk away on the outside. I thought that was absolutely great stuff too. Like you guys said, Punk's character works just 10 out of 10 right now. He understands what he brings to the table to AEW in 2023 and the divisiveness of it. I thought this was a really good opening contest. I, you know, if this was both of their like, because some people were talking about how Punk looked like he was saying goodbye or there were some weird tweets about that. 
And I got to say, if this was Joe and Punk Swan song, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of here. This was kind of a greatest hits from both of them. As a CM Punk fan, I was, of course, very happy with how this entire thing transpired. I, I don't know if you guys know this or not. I wanted to touch on this real quick. Did you guys notice Joe kind of no sell the finish just a yeah. tad? I That was kind of concerning to me. Um, very Austin Aries reminiscent of just... Oh, I know you just hit me with your finish or hit me with a move that, you know, hasn't been hit in over a calendar year and I'm supposed to sell the shit out of it. But I'm going to just roll at the ring and walk to the back because uh, it doesn't affect me. What, what did you guys think of that? I thought that was interesting. Not something that a lot of people are picking up on. Go on, yeah. that's, mate, it might, it might be same... easier for you, mate, because I couldn't really see it from where I was sitting. Yeah. I saw him go out the ring and I was like, oh, I, at first I thought he was injured because he had just gone. And I was like, oh. Joe must be hurt. And then obviously I had spoke to you guys afterwards and then Parker put in our chat about the no so Yeah, Adam, you're probably a better place for this, mate, because you saw it on TV. Yeah, you could see it on the broadcast clear as day. Mm, yeah, mm. it was literally. And I, I was, I kind of raised a few eyebrows. Uh, hang on, sorry. Dave has just messaged um, to say that he's uh, coming on. Um, yeah, so I, I was literally, um, same as Parker, I saw it and it, I raised my eyebrow as well, uh, to be honest, or eyebrows, shall I say. I've now got what, both eyebrows back now. The camera's, <laughs> now the light's working again. <laughs> meds have kicked in. But yeah, the meds have kicked in. But uh, I saw it, and I, I feel like Parker, I was quite surprised and a bit concerned, because normally, you know, we've already kind of discussed Punk's issues at the minute, and surely Samoa Joe isn't going to be another one of those. But um, yeah, I noticed it, and I was surprised like Parker was. I'm not sure what to make of it. Hopefully, it was just one of those things where Joe just finished the match and wanted to get out of there. Maybe he was saw the issue that had happened backstage. That's not a guy I want a lot fight of people were, A lot of people were saying <clears throat> that on, I mean, I, I, Parker, you know this, I'd be trying not to listen too much to social media being Washington Commanders fans, but a lot of people <laughs> were saying on social media this morning that Joe had obviously, he's good pal, he's good pals with like the Barks and Perry and stuff like that. So he probably just thought, well, fuck you then. I'll just know so you're finished and get the hell out of there. That was the rumor mill going around this morning on good old Twitter, but uh, or X, whatever the fuck is it called now. But yeah, I mean, I'm hoping there's nothing into it. I mean, you know, let let Tony Khan deal with whatever's going on backstage with Punk. But as for in ring, I think AEW need him, especially going into next weekend in Chicago. They're they're definitely going to need uh, CM Punk. So I'm hoping that um, yeah, it's it's all going to be resolved. Uh, talking of being resolved, um, Dave is now joining us. His his fiance has finished kicking his ass from spending way too much money. Cheeky bastard. At, uh, yeah, at AEW all in yesterday. We thought Dave was all out the house and sleeping somewhere else. Your disappointment, Dave, but for this episode. Not. Dave, thank you for joining us, brother. Uh, are you okay? Yeah, yeah. As you say, I think when I'm back at work, the overtime may be necessary to yeah. rebalance the bank accounts. <laughs> I'm hoping you've put your credit card in a vault somewhere, never, maybe not to be seen till next year's right. all in. Who who invited Blacksmith? I was I was always going to spend money with those guys there. <laughs> Dave, you no, can Dave pretty much open up your own pro wrestling tees with all honestly, the shit yeah, I heard if you, you want any new, If you want any t-shirts, just go to DaveRobinson.com. It'll uh, <laughs> be on there. You can go and get some stuff. But Dave, we're just having a quick overview of uh, the show yesterday, mate. We've done the we've done the pre-show. We've talked about the CM Punk incident. We've just broke down the first uh, couple of matches, my friend. Uh, just before we get back into the matches, Dave, just give us your uh, quick overview of the uh, the entire experience experience of uh, all in yesterday at Wembley Stadium um I absolutely loved every second of it to be honest uh it's been a long time coming for me I've wanted to go to an AEW show for years since the company started and I've looked numerous times to flying out to the states to go to a show and then with COVID and, and my back problems and you know this that and the other it's never happened so when they announced that they were going to be doing L London and Wembley 
uh, I was absolutely made up. And, and yesterday, uh, and maybe it's in the moment, and maybe it's because of the adrenaline and everything else, the crowd, and just like a great atmosphere where I was sitting. So many nice people, nice wrestling fans, and you know, it was just a perfect event for me. Um, and I even, uh, you were talking about T-shirts and buying T-shirts. I'm even getting free T-shirts because Eddie Kingston threw me this bad boy. Yeah. So um, that just that just topped it off, though. You know, that just topped off the whole experience. Please tell us how that happened. That, that That's why I was so mad you were potentially missing this episode. T- tell the audience about that. Like, how was so, that experience? So I was sitting ringside, but kind of 10, 12 rows back. Uh, and the view was okay, but obviously you're watching on the screens a bit as well because it's flat. You're kind of peering above people. Um, so I made friends with a couple of the security guards and they allowed me to stand at the back. Similar to you get at indie shows. I don't know, you know the, the, where they where the wrestlers come out and you've got the rampway. So the furthest row there back when you've got the guardrail behind and, and the pyro, uh, the security guards let me stand there. So, which meant every time the wrestlers came out, I had such a perfect view of their entrance, the the ring walk, and then I had nobody to look over as well because I was standing, I was above everyone. Um, but as I was standing there, pretty much everyone in our row was diving to the the aisle to kind of tag the wrestlers and 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 try and get a selfie. Other than my dad, my dad just stayed rigid in his seat. He was quite happy standing where he, done he was. His steps for, he had done his steps for the day, walking around That's Box it. Park, bless him. Yeah. So Eddie walks out and he tossed his T-shirt up in the air and it went our side, but I, it just went over my head. I was on the rail, so I didn't think anything of it. And then as they must got to the ring, I turned around, my dad tapped me and gave me the T-shirt. And I was like, was this Eddie? He's like, yeah. So you know, my he, dad was the, the only person standing around there. And people were like diving towards the shirt, but because the chairs were in the way, nobody could reach. So my dad was just standing, like he pretty much hit him. You know, it couldn't have gone. It was as if Eddie was aiming for him. I love so. that. You know, a certain Adam Cousins is going to be at a show with Eddie Kingston. If you've got any sense, you get that to him to get that signed. <laughs> yeah. That's no, signed a... by the man and yeah. put that yeah. in a frame. What a um, moment, man. Yeah. What a moment. Absolutely but the, the T-shirt, funnily enough, I mean, I think this T-shirt, it's the Redeem These Nuts classic Kingston T-shirt that's been out for a while, but obviously with the, the Union Jack, it wasn't on sale at the show, which was a, a massive oversight for me. Yeah, you have a unique was. item, literally. Like, that's a one-of-a-kind yeah. item. Have well, you they are now it? on Pro Wrestling Tees, but obviously, you know, this is probably the first one that's Does been it still How much are you selling it for? Eddie Kingston, or did you even put that in the wash? I, I nearly <laughs> sniffed the armpits, and I stopped myself from doing it. <laughs> That's why, That's why he's late. That's why he's late. I actually heard that bedroom. the blood and sweat exfoliating into his skin. He got into a bunch of fights, and that's yeah. actually why he's been in a hardcore match with his fiance in the garden for the last half hour. <laughs> <laughs> Winner gets right, the credit did, card, and I David got some lost duct, duct tape, and I wrapped it around my hand, and I dipped it into a bucket of glass. Oh, oh, that, oh that, was that was brutal. That was Dave, brutal. Dave, just really quickly, the boys we were just talking about. Obviously, it's hard from where I was sitting, but you would have had a great view. What did you make of Samoa Joe no selling the CM Punk finish yesterday? Um, Adam and Parker obviously picked it up on TV. It's quite difficult from where me and Rachel were sitting. Yeah. I saw him roll out the ring, but like I said to Adam and Parker, I assumed that he might be injured. So, but from where you were sitting, you were on the corner, like you say, by the yeah. ramp. What did you make of Joe no selling the uh, the Punk finish and literally just rolling out the ring and going backstage? Okay, I, I didn't clock that live and I haven't watched the show back yet. But what I can tell you, that as Joe was walking back, um, you know, up the aisle, uh, he just had his head down and he he didn't acknowledge anybody. 
Like mm. some of the wrestlers, even the heels, you know, sometimes they'll give you a wink or, or you know, a fist bump. Um, but Joe was just head down and he walked straight to the back. So I was wondering if there was anything amiss. So mm. I don't know if that kind of plays into that or that was an issue that started. But obviously Punk had an issue before he even walked out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we've we've, we've uh, yeah we've discussed that, and it's um mm. we were kind of like um Tony Khan, we're kind of glad he's nipped it in the bud in the, in the press scrum. Yeah. But uh, let's get through some of these matches, boys, because we've got a lot to get to, and we've got to squeeze it in in about twenty minutes. Um, Adam FTR versus the Young Bucks. Uh, we said it at the start of the show. Tony Khan had some balls to put all these in Gorilla at the same time. But our FTR Young Bucks, I said in the preview, could have been one of the matches of the year, matches of the night. It uh, started off really slow for me. We always talk about fast. Uh, and I remember texting you halfway through saying, that's just started a bit slow for me. And you were like, give it time, give it time. And it lived up. The crowd really got into it. Um, really. And I said, I, th- I thought I'd prayed that FTR would retain. My, I've gone back and listened to my predictions. I should have had some money on some of these, by the way. Uh, were you shocked that FTR retained the, retained the titles? And what did you make of the match? Oh, yeah, loved the match. <clears throat> old school. I said the word old school for Punk and Joe. But old school tag, brilliant. I, I'm I'm all for tag team wrestling and I love tag team wrestling. Match was fantastic. Slow build. Young Bucks were a little bit disappointing than normal. I felt as if there was something a little bit not quite there. Missing, yeah. yeah. A lot yeah, of people today. noticed that. Um, but yeah, love the match. Uh, no qualms with the finish. Um, FTR retains, not a problem at all. There was a trios match beforehand, though. Yeah, was I was kidding. I was going to get to. Sorry, I yeah, thought you were I doing. Just, it in I just order. looked down at my notes and no, I just sorry. done it from my notes. My bad. I'm sorry, uh, mate. No, so, I'm sorry. So they went, uh, but yeah, no, loved the match. But it was great. Uh, FTR retain, all good, and more, 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 more FTR, please. Uh, yeah, Dave. Um, I it, it, the match got huge reactions in Wembley Stadium. Uh, obviously, it's good seeing the Young Bucks and FTR live. Um, I, like I was like I say, I texted Adam at the start, and I was like, "Is it coming across slow on TV?" And like Adam just said, it it did start off really slow, which is kind of unusual for an FTR and Young Bucks match. You've seen even on like Dynamite and or Collision, wherever they they come out the gate and they come out hot, and you you know with everything there at Wembley Stadium yesterday, you thought, but it was a throwback to old school tag team wrestling uh i like the young bucks tribute to freddie mercury by the way in the all yellow uh, i don't know if anyone picked up on that that was yeah. a tribute to freddie planet uh queen planet wemby stadium but dave what did you make of ftr and the young bucks uh, obviously a lot had gone on backstage and a lot of people are saying that was in the young bucks head and maybe that alludes to what adam was saying something seemed a little off with them but uh, it come across in the stadium as a, as a really good match in the end and i'm glad ftr retained yeah, um, a lot of FTR matches, as you say, are more traditional, but we haven't had really seen that with, in the two previous matches with the books. Uh, but it, it gathered some speed, and by the end, you know, you had Dax, um, sorry, Cash Wheeler coming off the top rope, which is a callback to the first match, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I thought this, I thought this was a, a great match. The the crowd around where I was sitting were were really into it. Perhaps a little bit surprised that FTR retained. Um, and I suppose going into the story of the match and the trilogy, it's one one match each. So in kayfabe, I suppose they're a little bit cagier feeling each other out, similar to mm. like a boxing match, you know, in the, the early rounds. Um, but yeah, I thought it went, once it gathered speed and they started hitting some, uh, the young started hitting some aerial moves as well. I, I thought this was a, a solid match. Yeah, uh, Parker, a lot of people are saying that uh, the only reason FTR retained was just so they can do the rematch next weekend in Chicago at All Out and then the Young Bucks go over. What do you make of that, brother? 
I don't think this is the last time we see these two tag teams in the ring together. And I think Nigel kind of pandered to that on commentary. I don't know who exactly mentioned it, but I was going to be outright. This is not the best FTR title defense I've ever seen. Definitely not the best FTR match I've ever seen. And I dare say it's not the best Young Bucks match I've ever seen. But I think for the environment, you know, for the, you know, ADK at Wembley, I thought this was a nice, fun, well-paced match. It seemed as if the Bucks were kind of a, a step behind what they normally are. I think as far as a trilogy is concerned, I was a little bit more of a fan of, of their second matchup than I was this one. And, you know, I, I I can't quite put a finger on what felt like it was missing from this match, but it got to a point near the end where there was just so many false finishes that I almost just kind of was, I don't know. I, I The entire thing was a little underwhelming to me. I'm just going to be blunt. I, I, I was a lot more of a fan of the Bullet Club, Bullet Club Gold against FTR a couple months ago. I thought that was a fantastic match. And it had me kind of wrapped around my finger, you know, start to finish. I just didn't quite feel that same way about this one. And I and I don't know exactly who to quote unquote blame it on, but I think for what it was, an arena show, mania type of environment, I thought it was just fine. But I don't think this was either team's best match. Yeah, I think both teams, the problem you've got is, and just my opinion, I think both teams knew that they could put in a five-star match. And sometimes I think wrestlers can try too hard if that makes sense. And I, I kind of got a little bit of that vibe yesterday. The, like the big spots were good, but there was, I'm with you, Parker. There was just something a little, that's why I texted Adam at the start. I was like, how's this coming across on TV? Cause in this stadium, it's coming across as really like slow and ploddy. It's like they were running in like, con- like cement at the start. And I just kind of, I couldn't get into it. So that's why I texted Adam straight away. And I was like, look, dude, how's this coming across on TV? And he's like, and Adam's response, he replied to me. He was like, it depends how long this match is going to go. And it didn't go as long as I thought it could, but Tony Khan alluded to that in the press scrum afterwards. He had a lot of talent to get on this show and cram it into a lot of time. So I'm thinking that they probably do it again next week at All Out. I might be wrong, but I think that... I was the... stunned that the Bucks didn't go over to kind of piggyback off what The only David reason said. I think that is, Parker, I reckon just next week in Chicago, I think that's something that they'll maybe get to at Dynamite or a Collision, that something will be announced that I just think that's going to be like a marquee match next Sunday because it must be so hard to... You've got a pay-per-view next weekend. And it's like, geez. No handshake post-match yeah. either. No, no, yeah. so I reckon I reckon that will get played on Dynamite Collision whenever they do it. They could be on both shows this week. They're going to need to really promote a pro, uh, a show that's on next Sunday. But uh, Ads, you mentioned it there, bro, the, uh, the trios match. This mm-hmm. got some of the biggest reactions in the stadium. Kenny Omega, sheesh kebab, mate. He got a massive, massive pop in Wembley Stadium. Dave can atone to that. But uh, Ads, I'll come to you first, brother. What did you make of the uh, the trios match? Uh, a lot of people saying, a lot of people have commented on our Twitter feed this morning saying this was the match they enjoyed the most. It was great. It loved it. And you know what? It's about time Bullet Club got their little win. Big I told win. everyone Bullet Big Club would win, win, didn't I? What did I say? Big win. And it was good. And, it, and they needed it because they're, they're doing so well on collision. And I think sometimes they go under the radar, especially Jay White, who's, you know, he's a superstar. And uh, yeah, I thought the match was great. Loved it. Kenny Omega, big pop. Handman Page, big pop. Bushi, big pop. Well, they all got big pops really, didn't they? It wasn't, but mm. Omega's was a standout. Loved the match. And I think a very good win for Bullet Club Gold. And I'm hoping I'm hoping that they get thrown into the mix with Bucks and FTR for All Out and they do a freeway at All Out. But I don't Ooh. know. Sure, but I, I love that match. It was great. 
Yeah, no. Uh, Dave, what did you make of it being in uh, in the stadium? I thought the, the like Adam says, it was pop, 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 pop. It was so good for us UK fans, like you say, especially for you, David. You know, getting to see Kenny Omega live, getting to see Jay Lethal, um, J, uh, J, yeah, Jay White live. Sorry, um, it was for me. It was one of the standout matches of the evening. Yeah, and and Jay White just looked like an absolute superstar, and he will be the face of this company sooner or later. That that big gold belt will be around his way sooner or later. Don't, not going to happen anytime soon in the next few weeks or months, but long term, he is such a talented guy. Like the the way he works in the ring, uh, the way he acknowledges stuff as well that happens in the. He's so aware of everything that's going on around him, and he, and he reacts to everything and. He's just the the perfect wrestler, I think. Uh, it's no wonder, like, there was so much speculation of where he was going to go, if he was going to go to the WWE. Like, Triple H obviously really wanted to get him there as well. And you're starting to see why. I think initially some people who weren't as familiar with his work in New Japan perhaps were wondering what, what the big deal was um, because his, his debut into AEW was a little bit underwhelming. Um, but now he's really hitting his straps and... Um, yeah, I, I'm with yourselves as well. We've had uh, it's great that the Bullet Club Gold Bullet Club Gold got the win here to continue some stellar work because they are more of a team, aren't they? You know, yes, Omega's tagged with both of his partners before, but not regularly for a, for a long time. So it makes a lot of sense, really, for Bullet Club Gold to to be the ones that that win. Parker, um, with Kenny and Hangman being in the trios. Do you think now it's time for to get them back in into singles runs? A lot of people are commenting about that, saying they've enjoyed seeing them in the trios run, and the match was good yesterday. And obviously, we'll, we'll get your thoughts on the match. But a lot of people are now saying, obviously, you've got the MJF Adam Cole thing kind of still going on, which we'll break down in a minute. A lot of people now out there saying, myself included, I really want to see Kenny Mega back in the singles mix. Yeah, I, I hope, no offense to any of the listeners that said that, but I really hope that's not the case. I think that they've told their story with Hangman and Kenny. And just my quick thoughts on the match where we move on to the next one. Kenny Omega, Heroes Welcome in London. I mean, it's absolutely bonkers, the reaction he got. I thought that was awesome to see. Kota Ibushi, uh, man, did that guy get in great shape in a very short span of time. I was very concerned for his health after Blood and Guts, kind of seeing what kind of shape he was in, used to what he normally looks like. And obviously, as he proved, life happens. And that dude got cut up for Wembley Stadium. I thought he looked great. But my biggest takeaway, obviously, with Jay White, man, I, I can't say it any better than David did. If you know, you know with David, with, with, with Jay White. But my biggest takeaway from this match is a guy who does have a singles match with Kenny Omega at All Out via, you know, post-scrum with Don Callis. And that's Konosuke Takashita, bro. I mean, this guy, I mean, just look at the athletic frame. Callis kind of pointed on this. He's 246 foot. I mean, this guy, if booked properly, can be a megastar. I mean, just think back to that match he had with MJF on, on, on free television, of all places. If they can really just find a way to get this character to translate with Western audiences, this guy can do everything in the ring, and I'm very excited that he's getting that single showcase at All Out against Kenny Omega. So, And, of course, he picks up the pin here as well over Kenny Omega. So Takashita was my biggest takeaway from this match. Overall, really enjoyable trios contest. Yeah, uh, let's uh, move on to a match that Dave. This is, I'm going to come to you, Dave, because I want to get a perspective of inside the stadium, and then obviously Adam and Parker watching on TV. I really struggled with this one inside the stadium, and everyone around me made the same comment. You'll probably guess which match I'm going to go to: the Stadium Stampede match. As good as it was, and it was fucking the bits I could see 
were incredible. The in-person, in-stadium, that's got to be one of the fucking hardest matches to concentrate and figure out what you're doing. There's big screens, there's people in the ring, there's people behind you, Sue's turning up in a car, dishing out everything from left, right and centre. And the guy next to me, uh, he's going to be tuning into this, by the way, I told him about the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. Hi, Richard. Um, he was like, this isn't made for a live audience. And a few of the guys behind us, with a couple of Irish guys behind us said, this isn't made for a live audience, this kind of match. As it was from what you, when you could see it, it was fucking incredible. But my neck hurt so much from looking at the screen. Then I was looking up at the steps. Then I was looking back in the ring. And then, I, you know, Sue's next to me in a van dishing out, you know, utensils and God knows what else. From a stadium perspective, purely that, I'm not shitting on this match at all because I've watched a little bit back on TV this morning. I thought it's fucking incredible. Dave, it's going to be interesting to get your views. Did you struggle as much as me and the other guys and girls sitting around me? Because they just didn't know, for, as great as it was, they just didn't know where the fuck to look, basically. Yeah, I thought I was going to, and under normal circumstances, I think I would. But I was standing on the rail where Sue pulled up, pretty much. I was I was right there. <laughs> So, did so you get much cakes? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he got some could've cookies. Said, so he's, he's not probably, a, I probably could have got man. a cameraman to pass me one. Um, mm. because that's that's where I was. So we was right at the start of the entranceway. So we could have had a great view of the ta two tables as well. And we saw those two tables, so we knew something was gonna happen there. And our side where where we were during the match, the security weren't making our side of the aisle sit down. So we had a really good because we got this perspective as well and we got a clear view to the ring uh, and more happened in the ring than I expected it to. Mm. So I thought I was really going to struggle and I thought this is going to be a match that I'm really going to enjoy when I when I go and watch the event back at home. Um, but it was purely, it was luck really, it was circumstantial, it was just where I was in the arena. But if I was anywhere else, yeah, I, I can absolutely see where you're coming from. Yeah, um, it was so, so difficult. The funniest thing was the girl two seats to my left when moxie started bleeding she shouted out who had a minute 50 yeah <laughs> like, who had one minute 50? And everyone started cracking up it was yeah, absolutely yeah. brilliant but uh, adam how did it come across on tv bro absolutely fucking nuts as it yeah. literally i loved it i i absolutely i mean i can't wait yeah. to watch it back the only yeah, thing I'm, I I'm say, watch it all. there's a couple of points there's uh, there's a point that i'm just gonna slightly ear away from it maybe moving into all in two Nigel McGuinness owned Brian Danielson on commentary during okay. the he, he Brittle Danielson. Him, he called him Brittle Danielson. He called him that at the at the yeah. one of the pre-show parties. Yeah, so I don't know whether they're alluding to something down the line there with them too. Anyway, match itself, there was a couple of scary moments, wasn't there? When the ladder broke. The ladder broke, yes. yeah. A bit on then. the uh, top rope with a suplex. I think it yeah. was Ortiz or Santana. One of them two fell off and they had to come back on. Yeah. Uh, Most confusing bit was Penta. We had to change to Escuro. Yeah, but no one knew in the fucking stadium. We're all thinking someone's coming out. It's going to be a big surprise. And I went, oh. They were bad on production with that, yeah, too. Yeah, he's just come out dressed yeah. as a Red Power Ranger. Was, I think the hardcore, the hardcore AW fan, people that followed Pantry in uh, Lucha Underground. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No as soon as he reappeared and he was, yeah. and he had the chat, I was like, oh, okay, that's where it's I kind of expected. When he was carried out, we thought he was genuinely injured. Yeah, I did at first, but then I thought, then as the match went on, I thought, hang on a minute because he'd come back recently, you know, quite a well, couple months back as a Skuro. And yeah. the other thing I will say, the camera cuts on this, at watching it on fight, there were some points where something major was going on in the ring. They were going to do a big one, and they cut to the to the, the bar bit. So there may be a little production issue on it, 
But I love these. Like Moxley with the skewers, for Christ's sake, was like un. But you know, <laughs> some of the memes Rachel, going around Rachel, on social Rachel media. Rachel texted me and said, oh, "I fancy pasta." Went the skewers, not pasta. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, oh, Rachel, it was Rachel, a, Rachel, Rachel. It was. A, it was a great. I, I love. It was nuts, and I loved it. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Parker, what did you make of it, bro? How did it come across on your uh, TV screen? Are you with Adam? Like I say, my, I'm not shitting on the match. I, I know I'm going to watch it back on TV uh, sometime tonight, or probably tomorrow morning. Um, I loved what I could see from where yeah, I wish I'd been down near Dave, but from where I was, bro, I really, really struggled with it. But what did you make, brother? Yeah, I think if you would have gotten cookies from Sue, you probably would look at it through yeah, a different maybe that's, why I, maybe that's why I didn't like Maybe I wanted <laughs> Dave got a t-shirt. Well, with that being cookies. said, with that being said, I, I, I think I have a tweet that encapsulated what I thought of this match as a whole. Moxley looks like a fucking psychopath. What a tribute to Funk. I mean, there was one point in this match, guys, where Moxley was soloing the entire enemy team pretty much by himself. And it was some of the most brutal violence I've probably seen in AEW up until this point. So I I just loved it. And I, I think from a broadcast point of view, I thought everything translated really well. Mm-hmm. I can obviously envision where it would not be the, quite the same for you guys. I thought Blackpool Combat Club had a badass entrance as well with their yeah. gear. Oh, they I looked absolutely sick. Yeah, I, I thought the Penta stuff d- didn't really look phenomenal in the broadcast, but like David said, it has its audience. I thought Santana Ortiz looked good in their return. I like their gear as well. I thought this was also a really good moment for Orange Cassie to kind of show yes. some of his grit and you know show he is more of a tough guy than a lot of people probably believe that he is. And I think everybody involved in this match wins, really. I thought this was a smashing success and a shameless plug, of course, for the Fight Forever video game. But I thought it served its purpose and was the exact chaos that we thought it was going to be when we were previewing it on our last episode. So I enjoyed Stadium Stampede. And Orange yeah. Cassidy, oh, sorry, Orange Cassidy Go ends on Wednesday against Penta, and the winner takes on Moxley all out. So yeah, we're, we're getting OC and Mox, baby. Let's yeah, go. Just, be... uh, just to give you a last little bit, from, uh, as again, my perspective from where we were standing, yeah. uh, Mox and Kingston, I don't know if they showed this on TV, they walked back together with the ref in between them, and they were bickering and arguing all the way down the aisle <laughs> until they disappeared out of view. Brilliant. Like they stayed in character the whole way, and the, like there's people laughing, but they were they were furious, and it was just like a an old married couple. It was it was awesome. Oh, I love them too. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, the next match uh, we'll get into is the House of Black versus the Acclaimed. Uh, again, the audience at the the entrances were fucking incredible. But again, we had, I think we had like a comedian standing behind us. He was brilliant. Uh, Ads and Parker, you might again might be able to allude to this. The House of Black come out dressed in all white. Everyone around us went, why the fuck are the House of Black dressed in all white? Uh, don't get me wrong, they've done some great uh, things for Bray Wright, the lantern yeah. and stuff. I, we, we saw all that, but everyone was like, and it, literally everyone behind us was like, the House of Black are wearing all white. It looked like they'd just come up like a wallpaper commercial or something. It looked like the band Ghost. Yeah, honestly, I thought it was like, uh, I don't I'm know, like, it was like the Backstreet Boys gone wrong. I'm not even going to go there with what I thought they looked like because we will get taken off air. I'll talk about it off air. Okay, you can put that in the chat after. But anyway, the, the match itself, the acclaimed uh, the acclaimed getting the win. I know, Adam, we'll come to you first, bro, because I know you weren't very happy with the outcome of this match. Um, I said in the pre-show, I said, I think the uh, preview, I said, I think the acclaim will go over. But I think the House of Black should retain. This, to me, seemed a title change just purely for the audience in the stadium. I don't know what you boys felt. 
I wasn't overly keen on the match itself. It was okay. It was for me. It was probably the worst match of the night, and I don't mean that sloppy finish. Just, I know, Adam. I know what you're going to say. The worst match of the night is was you can get that didn't come. It was hard. It better not be what I think it is, Adam. Not, you, you, no, better, you better say it twice. It's not, it's not what you think it is, <laughs> but you two have got very differing views on that match as well. We're going to let's not spoil it, lads. But um, for me in the stadium. It, it was good and the whole season, me daddy and everyone went mad for that. But for me, the title change was storytelling. And we always talk about it and moving forward. I thought this was just a title change purely for the audience. And I can envisage them titles changing back next weekend. Adam, what say you, bro? They done it. it as soon as I think we all said it on the show on Friday, that the moment this match got announced, we knew mm. where it was going. Um so logically, storyline, yes, it makes sense because Billy Gunn come back. Am I happy about it? No, at all. Uh, as Dave said on the, it's not going to hurt House of Black, but does it? I'm not a keen of titles constantly changing, as we already know. I'm not saying everyone needs a Roman Reigns run, but titles do need. Yeah, there was a lot of title changes on this. And I don't, yeah. As Parker mentioned, sloppy finish as well. Um, Very sloppy finish. It it was passable. And as I said, there was a worse match for me that we'll get to. Um, Oh, boy. But um, now, look, it is what it is. It was fine. You know, everyone loves the acclaimed. It was a decent rap. House of Black come out in white, wear it with the blue white lanterns. Julia Hart got um, headbutted somewhere. Or leg drop somewhere. That got, you know, that got absolutely shit on everywhere yeah. I've read this morning saying, why do you Oh my God, who was yeah. on commentary and, and said that, oh my God, please tell me you guys caught that on uh, the broadcast where he's like, oh, she got hit right in the, and they, I don't even know the verbiage that they use, but I was like, okay. man, that's a, that's a risky yeah. territory you guys did are going say, into. Adam, did he say something English that starts with Danny? No, but f- funnily oh. enough, funnily enough, McGuinness was doing a lot of Cockney rhyming slang. Oh, I wasn't um, sure called, if Jack uh, and Danny uh, come out. No, there was um, there was one when he he, he Cockney rhyming slang the c word. Did he? Uh, when, okay. d- when discussing something with punk yeah. and Joe, uh, but okay. uh, I can't quite remember. Part I'll have to relook at that. But yeah, match was okay. Match was yeah. Fun. Dave, what did you make of it, bro? Uh, again, uh, from your great seats, your ringside, all singing, all dancing, fucking seats. Uh, I'm joking. <laughs> what did you? Uh, what did you make of it, bro? Because I, again, for me, it just didn't do it for me, bro. I, I, I like the got involved with the whole season, me daddy, and that was good. I thought it was more pandering to eighty-one thousand people than giving us a quality match. So there's there's two there's two things that happened on this card that for me, um, logically they, they perhaps shouldn't have happened, but for the moments that were created, I can totally understand why they did it and why they wanted to go for it. Uh, Shida dropping the title is a mistake in many ways, you know, um, but the situation that presented itself with Soraya, you have to give her that moment. You've got one shot at that. And if so she hadn't Adam, have come away ears, with the Adam, title, close your ears. Close your ears, Adam, so you can. Have I, it. It's not. It's <laughs> not. The, it's not the. It's not the decision. It, it, don't it, give it away yet. We'll. We'll, cut, we'll you have your. Honestly, we're not. I, we're just gonna let Adam just, go in a minute. In many ways, logically, it didn't make sense for Soraya yeah. to become the champion. But where it was, the occasion, the venue, the history, her family, and all of that. And I feel the same about the acclaimed. Uh, they've had two shots at the House of Black and lost. They did the big story with Billy Gunn coming back as as uh, badass Billy Gunn. So to create that moment and that feel good thing and the massive scissor party, which everybody got involved with, uh, I understand it. 
but I do understand the criticism of House of Black losing the titles. I didn't want House of Black to lose the title anytime soon. Um, but to your point, Andy, I think those belts will be back around their waist very soon. Yeah, I think this is literally just a week. They've got it on loan for a week. Uh, Park, I remember when we started hit HCTB back a long, long, long time ago. Uh, you were very, very high on the House of Black. Are you a little bit disappointed to see what happened last night? Or are you kind of like, mm, they claim they're just placeholders? I mean, look, I get it. You, you got to, like David said, you got to make moments, right? And I think a lot of this was about Billy Gunn and all that he has done for all elite wrestling in his time there. And when I think of the acclaimed, I don't think of a trio. I think there's a way that you could have satisfyingly booked this where the House of Black walked out with the titles. Now, whatever that may have been, obviously that's a that could be a whole pod in and of itself, fantasy booking the shit. But at the end of the day, I didn't think this needed to happen. I think everything else really balanced itself out really well. I think this could have been a big fuck you heel win for the House of Black on a huge platform. And, you know, it was funny because when the acclaimed lost Billy Glenn for that little short stint a couple weeks ago, they're like the acclaimed is back. So I think the House of Black as a trios is more important than giving the acclaimed one pop with billy gunn i mean i thought the scissoring party was cool but i mean they didn't need to win the titles in order for that to happen so i don't know i'm a lot like you guys i'm in the same camp of this didn't really need to happen and i was a little disappointed that it did but the moment was cool yeah the moment was cool the uh, prince andrew reference in the uh, rap at the start was fucking hilarious <laughs> absolutely loved that okay then adam you the floor is yours my friend mm. aew women's world championship match i'm not gonna say anything you just go. You ever seen the program, Catherine Tate? Uh, I have. We might have to explain it to Parker. Yeah, yeah. and you, the, 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 the nan. Yeah. What a load of old shit. Um, it was fucking atrocious. I'm going to say something right now, and I'm, oh. I'm probably going to get a lot of backlash. Britt Baker is one of the most overweighted women in wrestling right now. I don't understand it. She done really... And look at Dave, look... I, she done really well during the pandemic, and she helped. Well, it's been a good run, lads. I've enjoyed doing the show. <laughs> no, that she done a she during the pandemic. She was great. I don't. Maybe it's the hill face thing. I don't know. But the matches that she's had recently have been sloppy as hell. The this the end of this match, and Dave's already alluded to it. Soraya winning. It's for the moment thing. I get it. Fine. But losing Gibbon Sheeda. What a two week reign. Really? Like could they not have? I don't know. Maybe they should. I suppose they had to because the injury and, and whatever else. And Tony Storm, Tony Storm having the title would have made more sense for Saray to take it off after she blasted her mum during the match. Which she was, sold that as well, by the way. That, that was she a, sold that. She sold that really well. The the, the, the entrance from uh, uh, Saray was fantastic. Queen. We were rock you. I just didn't like it. It was eight minutes and fifty seconds. I could have just wish I just took my med medication for it. Really to be quite honest. Um, worst match of the night for me, probably going to get backlash for it, but that's just my opinion. And hey, sorry. It's why, we, <laughs> it's why we do what we do. Parker, talk Adam off the ledge, bro. Was it as bad <laughs> as he, is it as bad as you saying it was, dude? First of all, I don't know what they're giving you medicine-wise, but they need to give you a stronger dosage because you're absolutely fucking crazy <laughs> for not enjoying this match. <laughs> I, I'm just going to be outright. I love this. I, I And maybe that's a hot take. Uh, you know, maybe it was a sloppy finish. I really didn't care. I thought that the dynamic between Tony Storm and Soraya was well played. I thought her absolutely sandbagging her family was absolutely hilarious. I mean, honestly, man, I enjoyed this for what it was. A very short limelight on the women's division. And I thought everybody 
played their roles really well. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. I was a big fan of Soraya when she was in WWE, and I have really been tight-knit and, and keeping, you know, kind of like when the, with Mercedes Monet. I've been, you know, obviously paying attention to what Soraya has done outside of WWE, and I realize all that she's been through as a human being, you know, since then. And even if it was with a can of spray paint to the face of Tony Storm, but just to see that moment for her, in my opinion, outweighed anything that, that I mean, re- realistically, David, I understand why you think taking the butt off of Sheeta was a bad idea. But realistically, I mean, who uh, let's sit here and look at it from a big perspective. Sheeta isn't wasn't exactly making a bunch of headlines by winning the title. It happened on a random episode of Dynamite. I'm just being blunt here. They could have just kept the title on Tony Storm, had the title switch here. It would have been a bigger story beat with the outcasts. I don't think Sheeta really ever needed to win the title to begin with. I think she's a great worker regardless. And I always kind of saw her as a transitional champion, which is why I predicted for Soraya to win the title. But honestly, man, I got goosebumps. I was happy for Soraya, extremely happy for Soraya. I mean, she said it herself. She wasn't supposed to be back here. She wasn't supposed to be doing this. But here she was. And in a division that really lacks any type of direction, narrative, or cohesiveness, I don't think this really hurt anything. If they, if you were going to give a throwaway moment to anything, this was the thing to do it for. And I'm just happy for Soraya as a human being. Okay, well, Adam hated it. Parker loved it. Dave, what uh, say you? Yeah, I, I totally understand why it happened. I, I think this was uh, the best kind of plan B they could come up with in terms of Soraya leaving Wembley with the title. I agree with Parker. I don't necessarily see why she'd uh, kind of picked it up in the first place, but I have really enjoyed the Tony Storm's new character is one of the best things in wrestling for me at the minute. I think that is so good. Um, and I'm looking forward to see what they do with her and how far they go with it. I thought the entrance was fantastic. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah that, that was great. That was it, great. Perhaps we needed her to lose the title in order to get to that. Uh, it's just, I just feel a bit of a shame for Sheeda. I think that she's such a talented wrestler. And obviously her first run was during the pandemic. And for her to get a second run cut short. But I, I, I think if it wasn't for Wembley, if Wembley was next year, she would have had a much longer run with it but going back to what i said initially uh that moment was amazing for soraya for a whole family to be there it meant so much to them all um but i think the person that was initially scheduled to be in that position was obviously jamie hater mm. but given the injury to jamie i mean i don't know if they'd have even built to a jamie soraya match or or whether it would have been jamie tony still it's difficult to know and speculate on um but at the at the merchandise at the pre-show, there was a limited edition Jamie Hayter figure that that was on sale. Did you buy it? I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> it must be uh, the only uh, fucking thing you didn't buy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, to, for, for them to kind of go to the effort of having this limited edition figure that you can only get from All In for Jamie Hayter, that kind of shows you there were probably much bigger plans for Jamie. Yeah. Um, but there's next year, as we know now, so I'm sure they can do something with her next year. But yeah, mm. uh, at the second, the, like the plan B, Soraya, and the moment we got, I, I can't fault it, to be honest, other than what I've already yeah. said. Uh, my only worry is how much we're going to see Soraya wrestle. Um, yeah. I know they've said she can't wrestle two one match a month. Yeah, so I'm guessing now. Obviously, Adam mentioned Mercedes at the start of the of the show. That could be the whole storyline. You nearly ended my career. Yada yada yada. You know, but how quickly they can get to that? I mean, Tony Khan's already said uh, Soraya's not wrestling next weekend at All Out, so we're not going to see a women's title defense or anything. Well, we're seeing any. We're seeing one. Women's yeah, title. we're seeing one women's yes. title, but we're not. I don't think we're going to see her for. I've read a good few 
when's the next one after all out? It's quite a while. Might be away. after Ash. Yeah, and they and they've announced obviously that uh, the other wrestle what's it wrestle called? dream isn't it in wrestle October. dream they've announced October. this morning. So that's yeah, going to be another forbidden door. Forbidden door, yeah. So it's going to be interesting what they do with Soraya moving forward. I mean, look, hey, look, I I I love the girl. I I love everything about her. I'm so glad to see her with a title. The match for me was passable. Um, it, I can see both arguments, but yeah, I can see why Adam hated it. Um, I I can also see why they done it. For me, that I'd rather that moment than they pander into the acclaimed, which I thought they did. I'd rather pander to no issues with the finish. No, nah, the finish was good. Right was, yeah, the finish was good. Let's move on to something that probably I'm going to get a shit ton of backlash for, and I'm going to come up and say it. And I know Parker tweeted it about it earlier, and I sent him a message, and I put it in our group chat, and I know Adam's views on this ready already. I don't know Dave's views. I'll get to it. Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay. Big or well, Bill Ospreay, if anyone listening on Friday, Adam is now just calling <laughs> him Big Bill Ospreay. Big Bill, big Bill Ospreay for all you HTTB fans that listened on Friday. Uh, Will Ospreay, Chris Jericho, you know, the Jericho entrance. It was amazing. It was great to see him do that intro. Here is my thing that I'm going to get a lot of backlash for. Adam, I, I speaking to you during the match. I know you were texting myself and Rachel. Come to Parker and Dave in a minute. Chris Jericho should fucking retire done it was Sheesh. fucking awful now i here's my here's the opinion this is why i'm gonna i'll get it i'm gonna hear both balanced views i think this match come across on tv maybe a little bit different than it did live and I, me and rach both kind of looked at each other and a few guys around us were saying no he's done you know when you watch a wrestling match and you can see they want to do what they're trying to do and live, and I don't know how this come across on TV, he was so behind on some of the moves. And honestly, if he was any later, it would have been Monday. He was so behind on some of the moves. I personally think he's now become, I think Dave said this on a Dynamite review show that I'd done with him two months ago, three months ago. Chris Jericho has come a version of himself that he didn't like back in the day when he used to say, these old timers are staying around too long. They're holding down talent. Look, don't get me wrong. The mind of Chris Jericho and what he's done for the business is incredible. For me, though, as a main competitor, our main event, our main stick, it's great. The entrance is fantastic. That's brilliant. But I don't pay my money to see the entrances as good as they are. And I like filming them and everything. And I get involved. For me, though, yesterday, Will Ospreay carried 99.9% of that match. I love watching Will Ospreay. He's one of the greatest talents on the on the planet. He's the one for me I want to see with the AEW world title eventually. But my hot take, we had one at the start of the episode, Chris Jericho, just please fucking retire. You're done. I don't want to see you wrestle ever again. Parker, Adam, I know you've got Thanks. you've got some views on this. Parker, I'll come to you, bro. I know you loved it. You put in our group chat, you put in social media. And this is what I said to you in the group chat. This is why I love what we do here on HCTV. We split opinions. We've all got our views. Adam's got a view on this, strong view on this match. I'll come to him. Dave's going to have a great view on this match. But Parker, I know you loved it, bro. So what did you see that I didn't? Because I hated it from Jericho's point of view. Love Will Ospreay, by the way. So I kind of prefaced this before All In on our preview show. And I stated that I was really hoping that for Jericho's legacy and Jericho's sake, that he would channel that Jericho that we saw take on Kenny Omega in the Tokyo Dome those odd years ago before the inception of All Elite Wrestling. And if that was my metric and that was what I wanted, I got exactly what I wanted. I mean, 
realistically, Burroughs, do I expect Chris Jericho to keep up with Will fucking Osprey, Big Bill Osprey in 2023? Absolutely not. Dude, this isn't just you could top... keep up with Sue in the van. <laughs> but this isn't a top three wrestler we're talking about. This is a top three athlete in a sport. And with that being said, it was very reminiscent of Jericho and Omega, where Omega was in peak physical condition at his time in New Japan. And I thought Jericho, just from a ring IQ standpoint, did enough from a storytelling standpoint as well to keep up and make the match feel extremely well paced. I thought Jericho even hit some pretty cool sequences, especially with it. I think he did like a her Karana spot where uh, he turned into a leverage pin or something along those lines. It was a really cool sequence, and I know the crowd popped really hard for that. I did not expect this to be match of the night, but I will say it was a lot smoother, a lot more crisp than I anticipated it to be. And I I don't know how Adam and, and Dave feel about this, but I thought this was a solid outing for Chris Jericho, and I thought that the match served its purpose, and we got some story beats post-match between him and Sammy Guevara, and... Jericho gets to check a, a, a dream match off of his list. In regards to like the whole him becoming what he hates kind of thing, I think Jericho's kind of a trailblazer in his own right for kind of taking that chance to go to New Japan once his WWE contract was up. I think Jericho's legacy speaks for itself, but you don't want it to get to the point where you like your matches become unwatchable. But I guess from my point of view, I thought this was a pretty entertaining kind of throwback match for Chris Jericho myself, but I kind of want to get the other guys' takes on this too because it is intriguing. It is very intriguing. Uh, I kind of know where Adam's going to go with it, so we'll hold Adam for two seconds. Dave, what did you make of the match? You were there, mate. What did you uh, What did you make of Jericho? Again, I, I enjoyed this. It was better than I expected. It was never the match that I wanted going a few weeks ago back, um, as we've discussed at length. Um, but what they did on Dynamite last week really got me interested in this match. And because I was at Rev Pro the night before, and for anybody that doesn't know, everybody probably does. I think they just spoke about it on commentary. They did put it on the video. Package. Yeah. So um, everyone know that Jericho attacked Osprey at the end of his match. Um, so that, again, being there in the crowd, that, that the anticipation built within me for this. And Jericho did better than I expected. Was it, um, you know, Omega, Osprey levels? Nowhere near. Uh, but I probably wasn't expecting it to be. But I thought that it was going to be, I thought there was a risk that it could be bad. And I was pleasantly surprised, really. That's that it, exactly that how I feel. I, yeah. I don't, I, I echo the same sentiments. Adam, yeah. what did you think, brother? The match itself was, I mean, the match itself was fine. And Jericho come out of blocks actually quite well, to be honest, at the start. And you can put a corpse in there with Will Ospreay and he'll bring it alive. That that's that's oh, I thought there was a corpse in there with Will. Well, I wouldn't go that. Listen, I'm not gonna crap on Jericho that much. What I will say, and I don't necessarily agree with the whole retirement thing. I, I just think that you know there were times in that match where it could have got dangerous, and that was my problem with it. Whereas because as you mentioned and you alluded to, he was so far behind with some of the spots, and you know what Will Ospreay is very much of front forward pace in he's very he's very deceptively quick for someone that's quite big built. The concern that I had was it was getting to a point where he was so far behind on some of those spots that he could have could have got a lot worse in terms of the ending of those spots and how they could. Because I was talking to one of the, one of our wrestlers that we, we talk to quite often. I'm not going to mention a name on here because I don't want to scupper anything he might get in, in the future. But I was talking to him during the match and he was like, Jericho's really off and it could get dangerous and it was actually at that point where I think Will done a move off the top 
and Jericho was either too close or too far. Oh, I can't I remember. Tried to bring his knees up and yeah, yeah, and he kind of nearly yeah, and, and he was at that point. Ahead. And I was like, okay, so that was my concern with Jericho. I, I just think that it, the match was great. Let's say Will Ospreay in the ring and Jericho. The match was actually fine. Really happy for Ospreay to have his moment. The concern for me isn't the fact that Jericho was bad. It was just because it. I think he needs to start wrestling people more alongside of how he wrestles now i these lucha kind of not even the lucha guys but those sort of guys are very those are very much positional based matches where you have to be in the right position to catch your opponent you have to be in the right position to take the bump and he's so far behind that it could end up inadvertently hurting either him or the talent that's taking the bump and i've got a feeling his next match is going to be against fucking sammy Guevara. so i've just literally everything i've just said is literally going to go throughout the window that was my issue with jericho not necessarily that he should retire but he should focus more on maybe wrestling matches against people that are more of the same kind of way that he wrestles more than the, these these cruiserweights or these fly guys that like to do a lot of the the flying around <clears throat> no yeah i um points well made lads I just want to say on the on the Guevara thing, I think there's a real opportunity there to elevate Guevara. Yes. And, and perhaps not retire Jericho completely, but I, I think a break from him at this point, something significant for Guevara yeah. could come out of this. So I'm excited about that. I've been, um, you know, I've criticised Jericho at times. And as you rightly say, Andy, I did say he was starting to become something that he, he hated back in the day. Um, but he, he's proved on Dynamite and in this match that he has still got a place and a um, a role to play in AEW. Definitely. And yeah. um, and he's a draw. He's still a draw. He brings money. Uh, he sells merch. You know, all of those components. Uh, I, I don't, yeah, I don't want him to get to the point. Undertaker said it best, you know, Undertaker said that he didn't want to become a parody of himself. And you don't want that for any wrestler, you know. Um, so I want him to go at the right time, but that will be up to him. Um, but in terms of this, better than I expected. No, fair play. Hey, boys, that's why we like what we do. It's an opinion game. It's an opinion game. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we've got a couple of matches left. Uh, Darby Allen and Sting versus uh, Swerve Strickland and Christian Cage uh, in a coffin match. Adam, we'll let you kick this one off, bro. What did you make of it? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it in the stadium, mate. It wasn't too bad at all. The match should still be going on because Swerve Strickland's hair was outside the coffin, so he's not technically dead. <laughs> yeah, Damn it. The same. Beat uh, me to it. You yeah, know what? I, I For what this match was, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I loved it. Being with Metallica and every, you know, the whole nostalgia behind that. Swerve, like the new kids on the block. you got Darby Allen waiting for Joker Sting. Joe, well, you had Joe, you had a combination of all stings. Did you, see, did you hear the TNA chant on TV? Yes, I did. It come yeah. from the speakers loud and clear. Um Loved it. Boy, yeah. it was absolutely super. What a great testament to Sting. He was still doing shit at 67 years old that, I mean, I can't even do now at 39 because of my condition, but he was doing some amazing stuff. And uh, Dude, half hour ago, you had one ear. Yeah, that's what I mean. That, that, you know, <laughs> the power of meds. Um, but I uh, loved it. thought it was yeah. fantastic. <clears throat> I thought it was absolutely tremendous. Uh, it might allude to what you said a minute ago, Adam, about Jericho, Sting, 
kind of was in there with people that you know he's, he teamed with someone that's quick but you know uh christian cage and um swerve strickland kind of looked after him you could yeah. see that that the pace of the match that you could see that they were waiting for the right spots even some of the the big high spots that they were you could tell that they were waiting they were patient you know the match was very well thought out it was very well processed i thought it was very very well done and i was very skeptical going into this match that was all uh, yeah, I think we all were, to be honest. But I thought it was one of the... It's a re- I was pleasantly surprised, like you say. Uh, what did you make, Dave? I thought, again, in your amazing seats, did you have a great view of uh, the coffin from where you were? Yeah. Um, this, uh, you know, we've, we criticise sometimes the usage of Jericho or some of the older time, but they've really, with Sting and Christian... Oh, Christian's one of the best things in wrestling at the minute. His Christian's character. one of the best heels going still now. Oh, he's just sensational. He's such, he's always been a great worker. Um, but the way he's, he's changed over the years and, and changed his style. I mean, I remember when I first started watching WWF at the time, I actually was like heavyweight champion or the, the equivalent of cruiserweight champion. Ne- like to be a bona fide main eventer in this position putting Luchasaurus over as well, because that's going to play out. You know, this isn't to the detriment of Luchasaurus. This is absolutely going to benefit Luchasaurus long-term, this affiliation and this story. Um, I I thought the match was great. I thought the entrance was unreal. I was singing along every word, embarrassingly, you know, a few of us were. Um, The Joker Sting little video at the start was fantastic as well. That was really... Everything I like about wrestling, you know, a bit of silliness... Great point. Um, I think you signed up perfectly there. I think everything we love about wrestling and why we enjoy wrestling yeah. was yeah. in this match. Parker, did you enjoy it as the rest of us, bro? Man, nostalgia, really, with with the Sting entrance. Yeah. I mean, when that Metallica riff hit, that was that was metal as fuck, dude. There's really no other way to put it. It was awesome. Uh, I thought the Jack the Ripper video package was absolutely sick. I think that's what they were kind of paying homage to there. Those two look like a million bucks, and they remain undefeated. As a tag team, I did pick them to lose this, but as soon as I heard that Metallica hit, man, I was like, "Well, I definitely got that chalk that one up wrong." <laughs> so uh, that's that's an L for me. But uh, table was a W, and it was the match, like you guys said. As a role player, Christian Cage, it really is a many in the world from a veteran standpoint, doing it better than him. I, my biggest takeaway from this: Swerve Strickland getting that moment in Wembley to say whose house and you have 80,000 screaming back at you. That was an awesome moment for him. I know he's a guy who's felt a little bit lost in the shuffle at times, but this was a really good, you know, huge match for him. I love the exposure that he got throughout this. Luchasaurus even getting a moment, Nick Wayne getting a moment. I think everybody, a lot like the stadium stampede involved wins. And it was a nice, fun pay-per-view match and in and, and a historic environment. So I thought this was an awesome Awesome match. Yeah, no, well said. Uh, Talking of historic, let's get to the main event. MJF versus Adam Cole. Uh, Adam, starting with you, mate, I saw someone tweet us this morning and you replied, someone said it was the greatest main event ever in the the history of wrestling. Yeah, Uh, Adam, I know you replied to him, so let's come to you first, bro. MJF, Adam Cole, main event for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Was this the greatest main event (laughs) in wrestling? I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't even do it with a straight face. Was this the greatest main event in wrestling history? My response to that guy was he needs to give his head a wobble. That's what I said. Um, No, it wasn't. But storytelling, it was absolutely tremendous. 
and you were still, you know, this match was good. It, it weren't that, you know, it wasn't the greatest main event in wrestling history. It was great. The storytelling on it was fantastic. You were still wondering if there was going to be a heel turn. The double clothesline pin, which everyone shat all over because I heard the chants in Wembley. Uh, and then when MJF got on the mic and basically said, this is fucking Wembley, we're going until somebody wins, it was great. Uh, I loved the match. I thought it was fantastic. I loved the storytelling element because the match is all about storytelling at the end of the day. And it was some great storytelling involved. It wasn't the greatest remain of it in wrestling history, but it was still a great contest. Yeah, it was, mate. It was. Dave, what did you make of it, mate? Last match of the night, we'd been in the arena at what, stadium about five hours by the time <laughs> this had come on. Seemed like a long night by the time this uh, this uh, the main event had come on. Uh, what did you make of the match? And but my one question I always ask at the end of any show, whether it be WWE or Impact, how do you think they left it and what are you going to do moving forward? So what did you make of the match and how do you think they progressed this storyline or did they go somewhere else maybe uh, moving into next weekend? I think it was one of the greatest AEW pay-per-view main events in recent history. So that's not me saying, you know, the greatest match That's a better take. Yeah, were you secretly the guy that tweeted Adam this morning? No, no. Um, I thought (laughs) from a storytelling point of view, it was pretty much perfection. I mean, it wasn't what I anticipated at all. And I'd gone, you know, long. I thought long and hard before we did the prediction, the preview show about... Because I just didn't know, and and I'd kind of convinced myself of my little story of of them turn doing the turn at the start. But I'm so glad they haven't done the turn. I'm so glad that this story continues, um, which threw me again when they won the titles in the in the pre-show. Pre-show, yeah. Uh, but I thought the match was great, and as I say, I haven't got any criticism for the match. Um, and I've, I'll try and just compare it with AEW stuff, really, because you can't really compare this era to the Stone Cold and the Rock stuff. It's just very, very different and very hard to compare it to, isn't it? So I'll try and compare it to similar stuff. Um, the five more minutes callback, you know, which obviously that was the the finish to the first match, which was a um, you know, a, a time limit draw. Uh, all, all the little bits and pieces, the attention to detail, which which is what I love in a in a good wrestling story. Um, the bloodline stuff, the attention to detail in that is what we we've loved the most. You know those little Easter eggs and those little things that happen, and they everything means something, and everything has meant something in this story, even to um, like the kingdom and Roddy Strong saying. Uh, we'll see the real Adam Cole and the real MJF at the end, and 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 just yeah, I, I, I absolutely loved it. It was great. I thought the occasion suited it. I thought all the fireworks, the pyro, everything just went hand in hand to give us a great main event. I was worried that we had two baby faces going into it, and we didn't have a heel with nuclear heat because that's the tried and tested formula in wrestling, isn't it? You know, one, the baby face that the crowd loves and everyone's behind and the heel that everybody boos and hate and they wanted to be defeated. It was a very different dynamic, but they pulled it off. Yeah, I uh, I think they I think they pulled it off. I thought it was a really good main event. The crowd were into it. Like I say, we'd been in there a long, long time, but they kept the crowd interested. It'll be interesting to see where they, they go with it. Um, like you say, it must be good for Dave. You've obviously Dave and Parker. You've been at AEW since day one. To, to see this main event, eighty thousand people was tremendous. Not only for the company, but for the two wrestlers involved. I thought they pulled it off. The story. It comes back to what we said earlier. All you want to see in a wrestling match is, you know, that nostalgia. That why you watch wrestling. 
And for me, the you know, the, the Sting match done that and this done that. It made me remember why I fell in love with the professional wrestling business. I really enjoyed it. You know, there was some false finishes. There was the double count, which Adam is quite right. Oh, my God, 80,000 people were like, what the fuck just happened? There was booze everywhere, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, as soon as uh, MJF got on the mic, we kind of all knew what was going to happen. And then he said, this is fucking Wembley Stadium. That got a huge pop. It was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. And I think what AEW, just before we get to Park and we wrap up here, I think, like I said at the start, what AEW done was they used this platform of 80,000 people to say, hey, look, this is who we are. This is what we do. I think they've got more casual fans liking their product than they had before this event. Like I said at the start of the show, I just hope now that they can keep hold of them. We say it all the time. You know, me and Adam mentioned it, uh, you know, after WrestleMania, it always takes a little dip. Is this? I'm hoping this isn't their version of WrestleMania where the pro, it just goes a little. They don't have time for a dip though. Yeah, yeah, that's the good. And I th- a lot of people are shitting on the pay per view next Sunday. I think it's I. What I like it, and I, you know, again, this is me saying this. I'm a huge WWE guy. What I like about AEW is they throw things from outside the box. Again, I was listening to a few um, podcasts last night. I got in really late, but I couldn't sleep. The adrenaline was still pumping, and they were like, "Well, why would you do such a show straight away next week?" And I'm like. Just because we don't keep to the status quo doesn't mean it's shit. Let's see what they can do next Sunday. And I love it. I love the fact that we've got a week of TV and we've got a pay-per-view again next Sunday. And we get to go. So that's what I'm kind of getting to like about it. They, they think outside the box. Does it work all the time? No. Sometimes they throw shit against the wall and it doesn't stick. But I, I thought the main event was really, really good. I thought they I thought they progressed the storyline enough to keep me invested. And again, it, it comes back, I say it all the time. I'm a I'm, cut me open, I'll bleed WWE. But it's kept me invested and made me want to watch next week. So Parker, must have been really good for you, bro, to see the company that you've watched from day one, 80,000 people, uh, MJF, Adam Cole, tearing the absolute house down. The power of friendship, my guy. That was the biggest lesson that I took away from this main event. Because I'm a lot, a lot like Dave. We sounded like two conspiracy theorists on our last episode mm-hmm. trying to like sit there and cook up the perfect formula to what was going to happen in this main event. And it was not what I expected it to be. And I think it was that much better for it. Would I say that it's the best main event I've seen in AEW, I'd, I'd still give that to Maxwell Jacob Freeman and Brian Danielson and Revolution. I thought that was a masterclass, two of the best in the world going at it. But you know what this was about? This was about the story. And, you know, I, I know that they say comparison is the thief of joy, but I'm going to make a comparison a lot of people probably don't expect me to make, and Dave kind of already alluded to it. I think AEW has found their bloodline storyline. I, I think this is what we're we're looking at here. They're they're not gonna give us the the payoff like WWE didn't give us the payoff in Cardiff. You know, they're gonna drag this thing out and they're gonna hit all their storyline beats. Who knows what inning they're in, right? I mean, we don't have an Heyman telling us that kind of stuff, but I think you know, from them winning the, the tag team titles in the pre-show to them then putting on the t-shirts at the beginning of the match, and then like the the misdirection amidst the match with Roderick Strong and you know, the swerves left and right, left and right, left and right. And it does even a better job, in my opinion, of humanizing MJF's character because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when you develop a friendship with somebody and you get to know who they are as a person, it's not that easy to just turn your back on them. And, you know, Adam Cole is kind of seen as the catalyst for the good in MJF. And even seeing those moments where he could have reached into the, you know, the abyss and pulled out that dark, you know, side of him and he chose not to 
out of just a pure friendship standpoint, I thought it was a story that we've never really seen inside of a ring. And I thought it was a really interesting, not one that I expected them to tell, you know, in front of 80,000 people in their biggest show of all time. But like I said, and like David said best, they're that much better for it. So it was not my the, the my favorite match, but I will say for the story that they are telling, they told it masterfully, and it does nothing but just put an even bigger spotlight on Maxwell Jacob Freeman. I mean, the post-media scrum, he goes out there and just ex- basically, you know, says he's the top guy, he's proud to be the top guy, and this event was on his shoulders, and Adam Cole, man, just what a what an amazing signing for AEW. You know, I really thought this was going to be an, a, a crowning moment for him, but clearly they have different plans, and I do think this storyline is going to pay off for him, and I don't think that this moment was made any less significant because he didn't come out on top. So for what it was, which was something that I did not expect in any capacity, I thought it was a great way to cap off the show, and it really felt like a celebration for AEW. Yeah, I, I just want to say, Parker, to your point, uh, I couldn't see a way of of MJF winning, which didn't, make Adam Cole suffer. Um, you know, we, we talk about it. Soon they've got to pull the trigger at some point. He's got to win the title. He's got to win the big match. Um, what they did is they, they the MJF did win and Adam Cole didn't feel any less special, any less important, any less of a viable threat. Great point. It was just, it was just masterful. I think that's why I predicted that he would win because I couldn't see how they got out of it if he didn't, and, and they did a much better job than I could have anticipated. And I'm just looking forward to seeing more of the story and see where we the go. The post-match stuff, too, I thought really added on to yeah. it as well because, you know, you have that moment of, all right, and now what? And you, you see MJF blow up, and then you see Adam Cole kind of have that moment where he gets humanized in a sense as well. So they're really letting this thing flush out, letting these two just, you know, earn their little academy awards with their performances in the ring like i said this is this is some bloodline level kind of stuff we, we got going on here it's it's a little melodramatic at moments some will say maybe it's getting dragged down a little too long but you know let this story flesh out it's not going in a direction that i anticipated but i don't think that makes it any worse if anything i'm i'm even more excited now to see when they do flip that switch well, boys, it's, uh, we're done we, we, uh, we reviewed all in uh the end of all in they announced that All In is back at Wembley Stadium next year. So two questions. Uh, well, actually, no, one question. Adam, you're going to be there next year. That's a given. And you've got one on one leg. You'll come in. Mainly just so you can stop Dave spending money. Uh, you know, you know, don't, don't think Dave will be there. And uh, the question is, uh, Parker, are you jumping on a plane? Are you going to be All In next year? You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I, I was talking about going to All Out in Chicago. It's a personal wrestling fan bucket list thing for me to do i think we could cook up a little something here on the show if if, if we get enough of a, a metric in a certain department I, I i gotta think on that a little bit maybe make that a little bit of a gag and uh we'll see if i'm all in in 24 my guy but we got a long way until we're back at Wembley. Well, you, you could be I, all in and us three could be all out that's a good point in, out, left, sideways. Either way, That's man, it was same. fun smelling the roses with you guys. We can't let man. Dave loose in America with his credit card. Ooh, <laughs> I've already, honestly, lads, I've already booked the hotel for next year. <laughs> like that's... that's why he was late for the pod yeah well that's oh, why right. i like it like yeah uh, andy what did the fans have to say they reviewed him sent us in uh we're gonna yes yeah, so if you stay tuned right now i know we've gone over our normal a lot of time now it was very mixed some people hated it 
Some people mm-hmm. absolutely loved it. So stay tuned now. We're going to have a lot of fan. If for the audio listeners, go and jump onto our audio uh, audio versions, uh, Spotify, Apple Pod, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen to this. Stay tuned now because we're going to have we've had some great fans uh, sending some feedback from AEW All In. But uh, I absolutely love the event. I know I do. I have in the past absolutely shit on AEW. Uh, and maybe I need to eat some of my own medicine. Uh, they absolutely pulled it out of the bag yesterday. They've got me back watching their product. Uh, I listened to, like I said, I listened to Dave and Parker review the shows every week. I used to get a lot of what I watched from them. And I decided whether I was going to watch the show because what they said on a review show, not just because it's our podcast, but, you know, I wasn't all invested in AW. But like I said uh, about 10, 15 minutes ago, I think they've got now got a lot of eyes on their product for the right reasons. People are, all this WWE, AEW, I get it. And, you know, people would let them do that on social media. But last night really opened my eyes to just a great wrestling company. Well, MJF, but, he yeah. had a great sit-down interview with SiriusXM, and he pointed mm-hmm. out, he's like, hey, just so you guys know, all that tribalism shit y'all are talking about, we do not money. give a fuck. Yeah, all, we don't care. Getting they're getting paid. He put over LA Knight and Cody Rhodes in yeah. like a 30-second time span. So yeah, it's all yeah. love over here, man. Whether it's a mania whether it's all in, all out. I mean, Shit's I don't know about. what I what kind of things I can say about payback, but it's all love. Yeah, I'm not we yeah, we've got to review that next week. But yeah, make sure you go and check us out on social media. It was good to meet some hitting the turnbuckle fans yesterday. We spoke to a lot of people about the uh the podcast. The funniest thing was Robbie X come up for a photo ads and Dave went, Who's this guy? Does he listen to the pod? <laughs> but you'd you'd set you'd set a guy was coming up for a picture and I, I didn't really i thought that was the same it was guy. brilliant he went who's yeah. this guy is he uh does he listen to the pod it's just probably funny actually. enough dave I'll, I'll get you to interview robbie uh when we have because you're going to be coming on and you can uh, oh, i've never i've never apologized so. formally yeah, yeah, no, to be I've, fair to dave he hadn't seen him wrestle to be fair to dave he hadn't seen him you wrestle. don't you know who the hell i am <laughs> yeah but i i thought dave was going to say to him don't know who i am you know makes, was he not on rev pro did he not wrestle a ref yeah he rep he wrestled the night before yeah he was in the uh the cruiserweight match yeah, yeah he, was in, he was in the cruiserweight match on red pro dave i've had a moment like that man i i went on to a metal show a couple <laughs> months ago and i uh, was talking to a guy at the bar and found out he was a drummer of the band that i was actually going to see so i, I was absolutely humiliated he had like a he had the vip pass around his neck i was like oh you got vip he's like i'm actually the drummer i was like oh shit okay i've uh, um, been there awkward happens to us all lads we all get maybe ads can stare at some of his medicine i don't know but make sure you stay tuned now we've got some great fan views coming up uh go and check us out on twitter at HTT Buckle. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on TikTok. Uh, Adam, great to have you back, mate. Great to see you healthy. I'm glad you're home in good old Essex. I will literally see you on Sunday. We are attending Rev Pro this coming Tuesday. Do not miss hitting the turnbuckle. That's all we're going to say. It's going to be a great episode. Adam, Dave, and a WWE Hall of Famer. Till next time, everybody. I've been your host, Andy Burrows, with Dave Robinson, Adam Cousins, and Mr. Parker Hamlet from the USA. Till next time, buckle down. Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast live. I'm here at Wembley Stadium with loads of AEW fans today. I'm here with one uh, Pete. Uh, Pete, where have you travelled from for today's event, mate? Gibraltar. I was there last week, mate. I was in Dequesa, funny oh, yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. I, was, uh, I was on holiday in Dequesa. Uh, Pete, what, is it, uh, what does it mean to have uh, AEW live in the UK? Uh, it's first time it's been here. It's, it's brilliant. And to have such a massive attendance with Wembley, over 80,000 seats... I can't think of anything as magic as this. It's, it's a brilliant day. Everything's fantastic. Walking around, everybody's so high spirits. Mm. It's such a fantastic atmosphere. Yeah, it's so good to have AEW uh, in the UK. I mean, what, uh, what, match, what match are you looking forward to the most? Uh, with me being a little bit old school, I'm CM Punk and Samoa Joe. That, mm. to me, is my main event. Yeah. 
what do you think the UK crowd will be? Obviously, we're a few of us, so I don't know if you were, we were at Money in the Bank uh, a couple of months ago, and the crowd were absolutely insane. What do you think 80,000 people are going to sound like in Wembley Stadium? Uh, I, I can't imagine it. I was at the uh, a wrestling event last night, and a few thousand people, and it was insane in there. Mm. You know, we, and then at the end of it, we had Will Ospreay and then Jericho. Jericho uh, Red Pro, yeah, yeah we're Red going, Pro. we go to a few Red Pro events. We're at the one next Sunday uh, up in London. But yeah, Red Pro are an absolutely amazing, amazing company. What do you think this to do for the, just finishing up, Pete, I'm really grateful for your time. What do you think this do for the future of big events coming back to the UK? Well, I, I'm hoping we can maybe get a WrestleMania. That, that's, the, that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah, it to is. To get man. the WrestleMania here. It is, it is. Pete, thanks for your time, mate. Enjoy the event and uh, uh, wish you all the best, mate. Cheers, buddy. Hey, Team Buckle. It's Carl from YouTube channel Gundown UK here for my review of AEW All In at Wembley Stadium, which I went to yesterday. Um, as a complete and utter novice and for my first ever wrestling show, it was a sight to behold. There were so many fantastic matches for me. Personally, uh, the Stadium Stampede match was brilliant. Um, so many good spots and everything was going on massively. Um, Moxley having the Japanese sticks in his head was something I absolutely cringed at. But overall, brilliant main event between MJF and Adam Cole. The fact they kept the two together is brilliant. And overall, the card was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and now AEW return back to Wembley in 2024. So it's going to be fantastic. And I will be getting my tickets for it. Speak soon, guys. Yeah, hiya. Just uh, thought I'd leave a quick message for hitting the turnbuckle. Um, yeah, capped off at Wembley last night at, at All In. Probably one of the greatest nights I've um, had in my life. Um, just the whole atmosphere. Wembley Stadium, 81,000 fans for a country that's been going for less than five years, I think. So they're pretty impressive. For me, the whole card, the entire night was absolutely brilliant. For me, though, the stadium stampede was completely nuts because... I was looking at the screen, at the ring. I was looking around saying, where is this match going to go? Uh, John Moxley is always completing a crazy, you know what. But yeah, um, for me, Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay was probably the match of the night for me. I don't know who carried who, but both of them deserve a round of applause. Absolutely brilliant. Can't wait for next year. Definitely going to be trying to get better seats. But um, top it all off, I enjoyed the night. And yeah, going to do it all again next year. Can't wait. Okay, I've got one minute to speak about AEW All In. Hi, this is Seth Carr from RamadRunnersOnX.com, and I'm here to say AEW All In 2023 was absolutely brilliant. All of the matches were good. Well, except the women's Fatal 4 way should have gone longer, and I, I'm really pissed off that... Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. I'm, I'm quite annoyed that the women's division in AEW and WWE isn't getting booked how it should be. I hate how little time they're getting in the ring when all the performers last night were... Absolutely amazing. Very happy Soraya won. Uh, happy that Punk retained. He did get booed a lot, which is to be, which is to be expected. Uh, glad that Aussie Open lost, but also sad that they lost because I really like Aussie Open. But MJF and Adam Cole, they're a very, 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 very good dynamic. Uh, I'm happy the acclaimed one. Uh, it was very good. Daddy Ass is epic. Adam Cole versus MJF was the best match I've ever seen. Uh, genuinely, it was very good. And Stadium Stampede match was also very good. Uh, I love Chuck Taylor. He's brilliant. Okay, bye. What's going on, guys? Crossman Wrestling here. Um, you, you guys at Team Buckle, you're doing a great job. I like what you're doing. Um, AEW All In. You know what I'm going to say. I did not like the show. 
Um, there was a few matches I liked, such as Joe versus Punk and uh, Osprey versus Jericho. Now, I did give them a fair chance because of the unfortunate circumstances of last week with Bray Wyatt. Uh, so I, I let them off. I gave them some leeway, but unfortunately, the show just didn't do it for me. Uh, Anarchy in the arena. I thought that was an abomination to professional wrestling. Uh, I know some people liked it, but this really wasn't for me. I don't get it personally. I thought it was horrible. Uh, the main event was was good until the finish. I wasn't a fan of the finish. Uh, the show overall was a 3 out of 10 for me. Have a good bang on Monday, and I'll see you soon. Hey, Team Buckle. It's Dave the Mark here. Uh, I was at AEW All-In yesterday, and as you can probably tell by listening to my voice, it is absolutely gone from all the chanting and singing and the getting involved in the best atmosphere of any event I've ever been to in my life. Uh, I've been to the Olympic Stadium and seen West Ham beat Man United. I've seen I've been to Old Trafford and seen West Ham beat Man United. I've been to uh, you know music festivals and that that was the best crowd of anything I've ever experienced. The loudest of anything I've ever experienced. And just a true a true spectacle and something really, really quite special to be a part of. I'm I'm British wrestling through and through. I'm I'm I bleed Rev Pro. Um but to go to something like Wembley Stadium all in and to see the match quality and to see that spectacle was truly special. Hi, it's Dan. I was AEW all in yesterday. I'm still coming down from what a spectacle it was. I'm so undecided on match of the day, match of the night, so I'm going to go with FTR Young Bucks. But the whole thing was brilliant. I've never seen a wrestler change clothes halfway through a match. So, yeah, keep up the good work, lads. Thank you. Hey, everybody, thank you for checking out the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. Make sure you go and check us out on all social media. Twitter, you can find us at HTTBuckle. Facebook, just search the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast.